Thanks for tuning in. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the guests and do not reflect the views of the Oswego Alumni Association, SUNY Oswego, or any of its officials. Email us with guest ideas at alumni at oswego.edu. Welcome to the Oswego Alumni Podcast. I'm your host, Dee Perkins. Today, we're talking with a PR executive co-founder of her own business, Hudson West. She met her business partner partner at a class for her four-month-old, and she and Jen have been going strong for almost 10 years. Welcome to the podcast, Lori Jong, class of 2002. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Let's start with this great story of how you came to be a PR business owner with Jen Rogers. Can you tell me the firm's origin story? Surely. We, um, Jen and I, Jen is not an Oswego alumni. I am. Um, We have been running our business for 10 years now. And as you mentioned, um, we met at swimming lessons for four-month-old girls who are now approaching 12, um, approaching 11. Uh, And it was just kismet. It was lovely. Uh, Jen had a background working in public relations in entertainment. I had a background working in public relations in a lot of consumer products, PR. We grew up 10 minutes from each other. I in Rockland County, her in in New Jersey, and we had never crossed paths. We ended up moving out to Scottsdale, Arizona, where we eventually crossed paths, noticed we had the same diaper bag and, and hit it off from there. We started our own business and realized that with her expertise and mine together, we could do wonderful things. And as you know, and you mentioned, we'd be, we've been going strong for, for a decade now, which we like to say is longer than a lot of marriages. So we're very happy together. <laughs> you have the communication style of married people, texting, email, calling. Mm-hmm. A lot of the articles I read uh, about you guys are into the night we do things. Yeah. Finishing each other's sentences too. <laughs> oh, Yes. <laughs> We, we play to each other's strengths terrifically, and it's a, it's a great partnership. And we have just been fortunate enough to work with a large variety of clients that run the gamut, and, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Reaching back to 1998, when you first came to Oswego, is it true you chose Oswego because it had the best lake sunset? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I visited, I actually had want to say I think I had an art scholarship in studio art to several other locations and I just had this urge to be a communicator and sitting in studio art or even in front of a computer for computer graphics was so antisocial. and the minute that I went to Oswego and saw the sunset and the community and the students that were there I just knew this is for me, and maybe art is not for me. So that's exactly what happened. You started as a uh, computer graphics designer. So when did you switch? What made you switch? I think I switched right away. I think I switched right away. Um, I want to say by by sophomore year, I knew uh, I had started taking communications classes, and I knew that that was much more my line of work that I was happy with and enjoyed versus kind of sitting and staring at a screen and just handing in 
you know, pieces of art that I, I spent a lot of time doing, but it just didn't have that social aspect that I, that I was looking for and, and ultimately eventually made, made a career from. <laughs> Any of the classes in particular you want to give a shout out to? Oh, there was, my favorite professor was Dr. John Smith. Does that, does Hey, I'm going to try it. Here we go. Yeah. Dr. Smith has a laugh that literally everyone the laugh and, and you could it echoed throughout the student union and I knew where he was or if he was down the hall but what a phenomenal phenomenal professor and he I think I think I did I want to say it was like persuasive communications 101 where he just in, in you know employed people to get up on stands and talk about talk about how passionate they were about something and present an argument and he was so invested in all the students in that class and I remember being like this is my calling this is what I should do so he was he was phenomenal uh, one of my favorites I, I can't remember a few other professors names but if I go back and look I will find I will definitely find some more <laughs> I read something else about you. You said you did really well in your interviews in New York because you took an etiquette class. I don't remember yes. that being offered when I went there. Oh my gosh. It was fabulous. It was in, held in the, in the top floor of the student union in the restaurant. And what it showed you was how to sit down and have an interview with someone over a meal over coffee, over, you know, right down to which spoon to use and told you a trick of bread or dinner plate. And it gave me just this calm sense and knowing at least I won't mess that part of my interview up. I went to my very first job, uh, job interview in New York City in the fashion district. And I was nervous and we sat down to coffee and my boss, who I, ended up working for for probably a decade or so ended up later eventually telling me my interview was one of the best interviews he'd ever had and the other two interviewees were also Oswego alumni who went and took that class so it was so exciting to go in and find more people I remember Mr. Dan Schwartzberg I need to get in touch with him because he was another colleague that that ended up working at the same PR firm and did that class and was a fan of Dr. Smith and just, it was like us, we go alumni were doing great at that firm. <laughs> so I'm going to play like your greatest hits here. Like, uh, like I stalked you and now I know you love these things. So here we go. You talked about career services also helping you hit the ground running when you got to New York. Um, how did they help? Very much. Um, I mean, that was the time, let's see, that had to be 2002. And it was like hot jobs and monster and you were blasting emails like, you know, 50 a day or maybe even more with your resume and hoping. And I remember getting an email, I think, through career services and they were really able to connect me with um, alumni, jobs firms that were looking, they were, uh, career services was much, much more um, effective in terms of 
helping me get interviews at positions where I wanted to be, namely New York City then, and versus where I had so many other friends who were like, I sent out a hundred resumes on monster.com today and I haven't heard back from anybody. And now there's such a, you know, an algorithm to that. It's such a, it's so different so many years later, but I just remember um, career services being such an asset. And I always, anybody who's worked for our firm, interns, anything like that, I always tell them to get in touch with the career services department at their uh, university because it is just it's invaluable it's invaluable help to have someone to talk to on that on that line so something you don't know is we have a couple of things in common and one of those is when I left college I started in public relations too in uh, 1985 and I think about the things that I did I was an assistant so some of the things that I would do is is write things up and print them and then put them in my boss's inbox where she mm-hmm. would read them, make marks on them, and then hand them back to me. I would have to make changes. I'm guessing things changed when you got out there in 2002. And I think you and I know that things have changed dramatically now dramatically. in 2023. So what would you tell students to kind of, right now, the ones that are in school, what would you tell them to lean into as you look into the forecast of what will be important in PR? I would say, okay, I would say definitely, I mean, social media has become such a big part of PR, but I also think that a lot of graduates now, companies and firms and and businesses are, are relying on them too much for social media. It's almost like you're, what you're saying, you know, we, we didn't grow up with social media, so let's get the younger kids to do it, except you're still trying to reach audiences like you and I. So I think I would say um, nothing, nothing, nothing will be better than networking in person, meet the writers and editors that you want to meet, meet the clients that you want to meet. Nothing's going to replace um, in-person networking, picking up the phone and calling someone because no one does that anymore. And I would very much suggest that anybody who's trying to get into a career public relations looking to kind of I don't want to say the old ways of doing that but like just like you said you know that inbox that still exists on my desk you know a stack of files that I need to look at a to-do list um send a thank you note after you do an interview it's going to stand apart an actual physically written thank you note now you're going to stand apart you're going to be able to showcase some of your writing skills that aren't in the form of emails or social media or things like that. So I would say lean into the kind of those old practices that can differentiate you as a candidate. Looking at what you do on a day-to-day basis, um, I see that PR from your side of things is all about relationships, whether you're making relationships with your clients, um, something you've talked about in other media is, is other PR firms And um, of course, the people you're trying to have book your clients. Is there anything you use on a day-to-day basis to keep your day straight? Because that sounds like a lot of calls and a lot of emails. And how do you manage it all on a daily basis? Um, It is a lot of calls and it is a lot of emails. Uh, I love, um, I, I mean, 
I love the Google suite of services that has everything from shared documents to shared agendas to things that you can go in and make comments at to alert you. Of course, everything is now on my phone. And I also think, again, you know, just having such a wonderful business partner um, at Hudson West, normally she's on a different time zone. So we like to pride ourselves in being accessible 24 seven. We will have a producer call us in LA that she'll be able to take because it's late at night on the East Coast and vice versa where I get the early morning calls. Um, I think it's just, again, having a partner and shared calendars and shared documents. Um, She is also extremely well organized and helps me where I'm a little more creative and she kind of puts my thoughts on down on paper. So it, it works out really, really well. Oh, that, that's, that's a great relationship. I, I have a relationship like that too, where I'm the organized one. <laughs> um, some of the things that you do is try and get your clients on big national stages like the Today Show and probably smaller ones too, like this podcast. How do Absolutely. you work with a client who maybe isn't quite camera ready? Ah, uh, well, I think, okay, again, depending on the client. You know, a lot of times um, we will listen to that client if they aren't camera ready and they don't want to go on. Maybe we'll do an alternative. Um, If it's someone who is just their first time being on camera, we do a whole media training. We do a program where, um, again, kind of you put compartmentalized things into buckets. So you're going to be better off. We'll do some dry rehearsals. We'll do some dress rehearsals and we'll really make them feel comfortable. Um, in their materials. And a lot of times our clients are really, you know, subject matter experts on their own and they're very comfortable with what, what they have to talk about already. So, um, but again, the simple media training is, is something that we, we definitely advise for someone who's not quite camera ready. Yeah. And I don't mean pretty because I feel like that's kind of the, the COVID years kind of did something really great in that now not everyone has to look like a model. Everyone, yes. every all the people who look like normal people can be on camera and do normal things, you know, and, and speak and, and be on camera. You know, we all don't have to be like Miss Universe. So yes. I, I actually mean people who maybe would look at the Zoom camera and kind of freeze, like, how do you, how do you convince them? And it sounds like what you're doing is repetition, repetition, repetition repetition, repetition, and you're absolutely right. You know, I was kind of referencing like when they're sitting down in studio at the Today Show, but the pandemic changed so much that, um, you know, regarding breaking news, we can get a client on on a national news station via Zoom, just like you and I are. Um, so that's helpful and harmful at the same time. <laughs> One of the funny things I read about your resume is that you started out doing a thing called satellite tours. I was involved in that because I worked at Westwood One in the satellite sales department. Can you explain to the pre-Zoom audience what a satellite tour, I'm guessing, used to be? Because I'm guessing they don't exist anymore. I think with the, again, with the pandemic, you know, changing so much, a satellite tour probably does happen, but I would want to call it maybe a Zoom or a Skype tour now. Um, But back then, you know, satellite tours, if you had a client with a message or a product um, and they wanted to, we kind of capsulized it into a news segment and from a location, some of mine were, you know, a national park or even a baseball field, um, anything like that. 
you would kind of go live to news stations across the country and um, we'd connect via satellite and it would look like a live interview, except it would kind of be scripted and arranged and ready. Um, and it was really fun. I think most fun that we ever had. There was one, I want to say Dyson. Do you remember tons of little adorable golden retriever puppies in a Dyson commercial? We had like a room of Dyson puppies all over the place. So we were doing a Dyson satellite media tour. It was very hard to not go home with a golden retriever puppy, but I think they were all claimed, but we had like 20 of them. <laughs> it was great. It was great. What, what did the puppies have to do with the vacuum cleaner? <laughs> I don't know why. It must have been, again, we're rewinding almost 25 years now, but that was quite, that was their theme for a while. Maybe it was a pet vacuum or a new type of advance. I have have a joke with my friend in marketing that you just put a pet involved in anything. It could be anything that you're trying to sell. Soda, wood floors, new roofing, put a pet in there and it'll work. I love it. I love it. And now I get to see a lot of um, pets visiting too on Skype and Zoom calls, like, you know, someone's cat walking by or someone's dog, which is great too. It's great. I have my workbooks. to be honest, over the uh, over the pandemic, when you know everything was very very difficult, we strengthened so much of our media relationships because everyone was working from home then, and so we were speaking to writers and producers and learning more about their personal life um, and learning if they had you know dogs, cats, kids, if they like to cook, if they... so we learned so much more of of our media relations personalities and about them during that too which is just cracking me up because now I know like off the top of my head I'm thinking about a bunch of great media contacts who did have that catwalk across their keyboard things like that so that that has happened to me and that that's why all the doors are closed now (laughs) all of a sudden you would just see a tail going by (laughs) it's it's work therapy animals they're important (laughs) Do you ever get nervous? I I would think, you know, talking about PR and and kids who are coming out of college, um, making those calls to the Today Show saying, I I have a great client. Do you ever get nervous trying to, you know, make those those big calls? We don't get nervous anymore. I do remember being nervous, you know, 25 years ago. At this point, I think, no, we've got the relationships down pat. And and honestly, the best tip is, if you ask them straightforward, you know, let me know if you like this or you're passing on it. And you take no offense if they pass on it. But they'll always take your call and your email again. If they say, oh, this looks great, but I'm going to pass on it this time. It's not for me. And you respect that. Then you shouldn't be afraid to call anybody again because they need us as much as we need them. And it works out really, really well. So that's, I think, also one of those old tricks of the trade that we can talk about that we talked about before. Um, just saying, hey, I've got this great segment concept involving, you know, free guitars for kids, whatever it is. What do you think? Oh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to pass on it. Great. I'll call you next time with with something that's a better fit. And so there's no reason to get nervous about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen in your resume big things like Seinfeld and, uh, you know, other things in the entertainment industry that are big wows. Here's your chance to give us a little plug. 
tell me something about what you're working on right now. That's, that's not a big wow, but it's, it's necessary. Mm, Oh, there's so many. There's so, you know what? I think our favorite, and I can say this throughout all of Hudson West, our favorite types of clients to work with are some nonprofits that really like come together as a community that change things that um, you, you, it's, it's a whole different sense of working with a company versus a consumer product that you're trying to book or an author or something a little more self-serving. Um, some of the nonprofits that we're working with are just fantastic and they've always been our favorite to work with. So I don't want to single out one more than another, but definitely our nonprofit work makes us feel wonderful. Just, I mean, it's rewarding in so many senses. <laughs> you seem so happy running your own firm and, and kind of directing your own ship. You worked at uh, your other job before you left. It's going on 10 years. How did you know the time was right to make that jump and, and take that risk? Um, that was a, Yeah, that's a hard decision because when you work, you know, at a place for so long, you feel very much a part of it. But then also... I was a director there and you also realize, wow, I'm, I'm doing all of these things that I could probably be doing on my own or I, yes, I have a very nice office space and I have, you know, this, but hmm, perhaps I could try it on my own. So I honestly started up, I think my own company while I was still working for um, a very big firm. And I started just helping startups, just businesses, entrepreneurs and startups, and then that took off and I realized this is my calling. I need, I need to start something on my own. And I met Jen, who was very interested in doing the same thing. And our worlds just opened a whole new door of opportunities for both of us and, and our clients. So it worked out phenomenally. And you were both in Arizona at the time that you started the business. Now you're back in New York. That must yes. have been a brutal move when you said, Jen, I'm going back. It was, it was, but again, I think because we are so much um, alike and complement each other's differences that like, it actually felt great to be going back to the East Coast and knowing that I could get a three hour head start before her, take care of all the morning call downs and the East Coast. I mean, a lot of times when, when you're on the West Coast and you are trying to get an event in let's say you know boston a live event in boston you're waking up at 2 a.m to try to reach a news producer there and pretending that you're in boston so it's a lot easier with the time difference but um yeah i think having employees and people on both coasts were just kind of access 24 7 and being pitching 24 7 um it really helps obviously we we get you know, we love every opportunity to see each other. But also, um, I grew up in New York. I grew up in Rockland County. So so the chance to come home was one that I wasn't going to pass up at all. I understand. All yeah. right. So one last fun question. We got two more questions, but this one's the fun one. I saw this and I couldn't pass it up. It said online that your biggest pet peeve is unnecessarily shortened words like totes. Is totes, oh my gosh. Totes short for totally like anymore. I'm completely yes, it. it was. But you know what? I just got told by my 11 year old 
who uses the word sus regularly. And sus? I said, is that, is that short for suspect? And I got, mom, please don't, please don't. So yes, these unnecessarily shortened words just drive me. Why, why, why question the word when it's already established in the dictionary? What, what's the need to shorten it? But there was going to be, so, I mean, again, my, my, my middle schooler is coming up with new ones every day that. Oh my God. That's hilarious. To deal with. Yes. Totes, I believe was totally totes. Why would you say totes? <laughs> oh my God. I love that. All right. So my last question is always the Oscar speech, but I should make this the Emmy speech. You were nominated for an Emmy, right? Nope. That was Jen. Oh. That was Jen. We have to take credit where credit is due. That was Jen. But yes, Jen is a phenomenal producer and our other, our news director on staff to Emily, I believe was um, nominated for an Emmy as well, which we've just got a great crew of people, a great crew of people at Hudson West. So. Uh, okay, so I will switch this, the Emmy speech. If you were being handed an Emmy and you're up on stage, who during your time in Oswego would you thank? And it could be professors, it could be fellow uh, students, it could be anybody. So I think it would definitely be the professors at the communication department. I think it would be that uh that etiquette course it was great and i also was in a sorority i was in sigma delta tau and that was a great networking opportunity in every sense of the word i mean we had mixers we had parties we had but it, you know i think i was i think i held quite a few positions in the sorority and it just helped to prepare for networking in life and everything else so i just think a social club like that is deserving of a shout out. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking time for us. You can find Lori at HudsonWestPR.com and she's also on LinkedIn. A anywhere else that uh, people can find you? That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. If you want to reach out to us with guest ideas, find us on Facebook or LinkedIn or our email, which is alumni at oswego.edu. We are always looking for ideas from our over 92,000 alumni. I was just got the new number during reunion. So it's 92,000 now. I'm Dee Perkins, and we will see you next time on the Oswego Alumni Podcast. Mm -hmm.